This is Gregory Bloom, your host at Food Chat. Food Chat is about reconnecting you to your food, and it's on Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. here at 560 KLZ. Food Chat is about food production, including farming, ranching, uh, processing, basically all things involved in getting food from the field to your plate. And if you missed any of uh, the shows in June, our first month, uh, I interviewed Michael Hirakata at Hirakata Farms, and he talked about the rewards and challenges of growing watermelons, cantaloupes, and pumpkins. I also had Dr. Temple Grandin on from Colorado State University, and she spoke with us about the improvements in uh, care for animals that are raised for meat production that she's seen in her career and, and work yet to do. And she also talked about her new book that you can order on Amazon called Visual Thinking. And then, and then last week I talked to uh, Danny Trawick at the uh, Colorado Ag Leadership Program, and she talked about the interesting careers for young people in agriculture that they may or may not know about. And I also had a peach and apple farmer on from Paonia, uh, Harrison Top. So look for those past episodes at gregorybloom.com and uh, check them out. Hey, for today's show, I have uh, in studio chef and professor Jackson Lamb from Metropolitan State University of Denver, the school of hospitality. Welcome to the studio, Chef Jackson. Great to be here, Greg. Uh, today, Chef Jackson and I are going to start off talking about the kind of fun food-centric, the food events this summer that you can plug into and go to. We're going to talk about some that we have uh, been to and some that we haven't, and then we have a guest coming on just a little bit at the end of our program. So, hey, Chef Jackson, let's talk about some of the events that you have been to and you know about. Let's talk about some events that had passed uh, but maybe next year people could go like Top Taco. Tell us about Top Taco. Sure. Was well, you know, uh, Greg, let's just uh, pause for a second and let's just look in the rearview mirror. COVID changed a lot of things and COVID eliminated a lot of things. Uh, one of the first food events of the year used to be the People's Fair, which was typically Memorial Day weekend at Civic Center Park. But at the beginning of COVID, uh, the Capitol Hill uh, urban neighborhood decided to walk away from that event just mm. because of the COVID implications. And we really didn't know where we were going with COVID. Now that we're back, a lot of the uh, more traditional food festivals are coming back. Uh, I was instrumental in helping uh, produce Top Taco last week. That was held up uh, on the site of the former Westminster Mall. If you haven't been up there, what a transformation of that property. Right. You know, of course, the Westminster Mall was probably shut down about 20 years ago. This had been replaced with beautiful high-end uh, condos, restaurants, and entertainment area. But they had a space that could accommodate this food event that attracted 5,000 guests. Wow. We had 60 restaurants. So these are restaurants trying to compete for a taco award Every Mexican restaurant on the front range, it was really fun to see. And we probably have four to six people in each booth. So, you know, just to share some numbers with you, I went out and talked to every manager in every booth. And most people were preparing to, to uh, knock out 1,200 tacos. Wow. Well, if we take 1,200 tacos times 60 booths, that's 90,000 tacos. That's a lot of tacos. Well, I said, maybe those numbers are not right. Let, let, let's, let's look at it from another perspective. You know, all these tacos are primarily three and a half or four inches wide. Mm -hmm. And so I was observing some people could go up and say, I'll take four. And they were eating four at a time. Wow. Which then led me to think, 
how many tacos can the average person eat? So one of the persons on my crew, small, petite uh, female, I said, how many can you eat? She says, I'm good for 10. Wow. Oh, okay, that's good. I had a, another, you know, larger guy on my team. I said, how many can you eat? He goes, oh, I can do 20. No problem at all. Wow. <laughs> I, I did see a couple of larger people in the crowd, Greg, and I would say they're good for 30. So even if we apply the law of averages, and 20 is really not a bad number if you can grab four at a time, plus you're paying $100 to get into this event, so you want to get your money's worth. Yeah, that's right. But if 5,000 people times 20, you're at 100,000. So right. when you really think about the kind of volume that comes out of some of these food festivals, it's absolutely amazing. You know, just wrapping up regarding uh, uh, Top Taco, you know, they had... Uh, uh, best beef taco, best pork taco, best vegetarian taco, and people's choice. Yeah. So it gets everybody involved in, um, we have a, a group of professional judges, as well as every person that attends has, a, they get a right to be heard. It's kind of right. nice. Yeah, yeah, that sounds a lot like the uh, event that I've been to four years in a row that's coming up this uh, August. August 4th is the Denver Burger Battle, and I've been four years in a row. And uh, it's similar, you spend $100, you can spend a little bit more if you want VIP access going early. And you'll, you'll eat more burgers than you can possibly eat. They actually cut them into quarters. Yeah. Cut them into quarters. And I think there's 50 or 60 uh, restaurants there battling for best burger. And there's a People's Choice winner and a Judge's Choice winner. So uh, it's a great, great event. You know, I was going to, let's just kind of run through some of the events this summer that people might want to plug into. And by the way, um, if you don't remember these events, they'll be on my website at gregorybloom.com um, afterwards. So you can go and find the websites and the way to connect with these events and to get by, actually buy tickets. So the Denver Burger Battle is coming up. Um, also, um, the Taste of Colorado uh, is Labor Day weekend. Uh, I used to work that event many years ago. That used to be held uh, on the corner of Broadway and uh, and Colfax, Civic Center Park. And it would go all over that intersection, drifting down to 14th Street, drifting over to Bannock. But um, uh, again, as a result, just with some of the problems we've had at Civic Center Park last year, uh, that event was moved to the 16th Street Mall, right. which really is not a bad idea since a lot of the restaurants that participate are from the 16th Street Mall. So the idea here is this helps drive traffic to the restaurants. Right. A very, very good idea. I did not attend last year to, to see what it looks like, but it's Labor Day week, and I think I'll be down there this, this year. Now, it's a three-day event, so what's your recommendation to our listeners about what day should they go and what time should they go? Because these events, sometimes it's hard to find parking. Sometimes it's too crowded to be like, fun anymore. So what's your suggestion there? Great uh, question there, Greg. So the, um, with the, the Labor Day weekend event, uh, Taste of Colorado, my experience has been in the past, they would open up for lunch on Friday. Then they'd go late Friday night with some big band, big name band, you know, uh, on the, on the B tour, <laughs> uh, putting on the concert somebody from 20 years ago and then saturday they clean up and do it again and another big band that night sunday they clean it up and do it again come monday the place is just trash oh yeah and so it's been my experience go the moment they go they open up 11 o'clock on a Friday morning. Get there the first two hours. Man, they're, they're fresh. Everything is fresh. They're, they're, they can't wait to serve you. Come, come Monday, they don't want to see you. 
Right. Come Friday, they want to see you. Yeah. And so that's the absolute best time to uh, get in there and uh, and drop a couple of bucks. Yeah, go early. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that. I've worked some of these shows before. They are a lot of work, especially a three-day show. And by the third day, you're just dragging. You know, yeah. you're ready for it to be over. You're tired. You're sleep-deprived. You're soaked in grease or whatever you're cooking. I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, Greg, let me share another thing with you, which yeah. is really a kind of a crazy deal. We had uh, Top Taco two weeks ago. But the week before that, there was Tacolandia, right. which was at Civic Center Park. That was another 50 uh, Hispanic restaurants. Right. The following week was Top Taco. The week after Top Taco was uh, another taco event at the National Western Complex. All right. And it went for two days. So I, and I did not attend those other two events, but it is amazing, but not really, that here we are in Denver, and, and we are in the West, but three weekends in a row big taco events and we're getting thousands of people to show up that's phenomenal yeah it is phenomenal phenomenal and speaking of uh kind of uh, events around that uh that kind of demographic tacos that food group taco is a mexican food there's some events this summer that uh the um, colorado hispanic chefs association is putting on um they're putting on um, an event on august 8th at the origin hotel in golden called cool beans well they'll be taking colorado grown pinto beans and black beans which you and i have some experience promoting and uh, doing some uh, chef work chef competition and some showcasing there and then there's a, a cool event august 27th in brighton actually at the farm that i grew up on it's going to be called meats on fire and it's a hispanic chef competition and uh, they can't use electricity. There's no electricity allowed. And they're bringing in a celebrity chef from Mexico. And it'll be a fun event. And then uh, they have a Hispanic top chef at your school, Metropolitan State University, on August 15th. Um, there's some other events coming up, too, though. You, you mentioned an event called, I think, called Rare. What, what's Rare all about? Oh, Rare is a, uh, another event that's produced by the same people that do Top Taco. That would be dining out events. Same people that produce Dining Out Magazine. And uh, Rare is at the DCPA. This is a smaller event. It's a smaller venue. We limit it to 29 restaurants, but it's almost every steakhouse in town. Shanahan's, Elway's, um, uh, The Keg, they're all there. And uh, everybody is given about 200 pounds of whatever cuts of beef that they're, they're, they want to give away. And uh, then there's a, a large presence of red wine. And oh. so it's just a, uh, it's a real classy event. I will tell you that two years ago, the showstopper was Elways of Cherry Creek was putting out a four-ounce me uh, medallion of tenderloin with a horseradish hollandaise sauce. Wow. Oh, it was killer. Sounds killer, yeah. Yeah. There is a VIP competition this year uh, sponsored by Seattle Fish. I know it's supposed to be a rare beef thing, but last year we did have some um, uh, high-end seafood exposure. Oh. Oysters, caviar. Love it. Shrimp. Love it. Yeah, so uh, there's something for everybody there. There's another event that I want to mention to everyone, and uh, you and I hopefully will get to go. It's the Captain Jason Dahl Fundraiser, the 20th anniversary of Flight 93. It's called the Flight 93 Heroes Gala. 
dinner, and it's Saturday, August 20th at 5 p.m. at the Gaylord of the Rockies. My son, Jonathan, a proud graduate of Metropolitan State University with a, uh, a degree in commercial aviation, now going on to be a pilot, was uh, awarded one of the Jason Dahl scholarships to help him get through Metro. So we'll be there to celebrate that and to um, just remember that that's uh, August the 20th at, uh, at Gaylord. There's another event I want to talk to you about. Well, here's, here's a question for you, Jackson. So we just finished the Avs playoff. They won the Stanley Cup. It was awesome. Yeah. And I noticed when they had the away games, they would always uh, pull a camera back to what's going on at the, the park at your school. What yeah. was going on there? Well, you know, officially known as the quad. The quad. Actually, one of my colleagues said it's really not a quad, it's a parallelogram. <laughs> but that's another story altogether. But, um, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the, the need was there, and we saw um, the capability of Metropolitan State University to turn that space into a brand new venue that can accommodate 10,000 people. Wow. And that's exactly what they did for not only the away games, but for the home games as well. Yeah. You know, I noticed that some of these events we're talking about this summer um, are at the quad or the parallelogram. And, uh, you know, one thing I love about that campus is that big open park in the middle, but it's easy to get in and out of. You can go in and out of Colfax or Auraria Parkway or Spur Boulevard, so you don't feel trapped. You can park in a parking garage. You can park off the street. You can park in one of the open parking lots. Very reasonable parking. I think it's 14 bucks. But I just love you don't feel like trapped like in some places where you just like it takes you an hour to get out of there. You know? Sure. So. Well, with the upcoming Burger Bash that you mentioned earlier, we also have three light rail stations on campus. Ah, right. So you, so you leave the car at home. Right, light rail. <laughs> I just have one more question, and then we're going to bring our, our guest on, Denise Mickelson. Uh, Chef Jackson, so at these events, you've got a background, and you're an expert in food safety. So I've noticed, like at the Denver Burger Battle, a couple times – uh, actually two years in a row, that when I was standing in line for, you know, 10 minutes to get a burger, when I finally got up there, the burger was severely undercooked uh, because they're trying to cook so fast and there's so many people waiting. Also, they want to win the burger battle competition. You're going to win that with a juicy, wet burger, not a dry, chewy burger. But wh what about food safety at these events? How would you know just kind of looking around if everything's <coughs> cool and you're not going to get sick off of uh, eating or trying something at a table? Yeah. Well, you know, if we just uh, go up to the 30,000-foot level and look at basic Board of Health regulations, whether on the local or on the state level, the biggest violation is the inability to wash hands. And so at the Burger Bash is a great example. Uh, a colleague of mine delivers 50 containers of hot water, mm. and that they do that so that water can be at every food station so that the chefs have the ability to turn around and, and go to some antibacterial pump soap, little water on the hands, a paper towel, wooden usage, and uh, they don't have to leave. That's exactly what the Board of Health wants to see in a regular restaurant as well. You shouldn't have to go five rooms over to wash your hands. There should be a hand washing station next to the workstation. That's what uh, a lot of these events, that's what they try to do. Uh, for our listeners out there, hey, if you do go to a food event and you're standing there, just look around. How do these guys or gals wash their hands? Um, very big concern, and most organizers address that prior to setting a, uh, an, uh, an event up. In fact, that's usually uh, a request from the local Board of Health. How do you plan on handling this situation? I see. Good comments. Thank you. I'm Gregory Bloom, and you're listening to Food Chat. 
Hey, this is Greg Bloom, and uh, you're listening to Food Chat. I want to welcome Denise Mickelson, the Communication Director at the Colorado Restaurant Association. And Denise is going to come on and tell us about the Denver Food and Wine. Is it a festival? Welcome, Denise. Oh, thank you for having me. It is a festival. It's a multi-day extravaganza. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the event and when it is and how people would be able to buy tickets to go. Of course. Well, it's actually a multi-day event, so you can buy tickets to a bunch of different parts of it or to just, you know, your favorite parts. So it starts um, on September 6th, 2022, um, with a yoga and bubbles industry appreciation party. This is actually only open to uh, restaurant workers, and we are just showing them a little bit of the love that they have shown us over the last few years, especially, um, by treating them to yoga and a restorative, you know, kind of cleansing session and some bubbles. Um, on Wednesday is a consumer event. It's called Dinner Under the Stars. It's going to be on the 9th Street Historic Park on the Auraria campus in Denver. And we're going to do a beautiful uh, twinkly light, you know, farmhouse table, um, big, beautiful dinner. And we have an outstanding lineup of chefs who are there to kind of educate attendees about uh, mental health in the restaurant industry and also serve them an incredible five-course plated meal. We have uh, Dana Rodriguez from Cantina Loca, Josh Gordon from Safta, Cho, uh, Cody Cheatham from Tavernetta, Ta Tran from AC Serve, and John Hinman from Hinman Pies, all there to feed attendees like never before. Um, then on Thursday, September 8th, we have a Riedel wine glass seminar where you learn how wines taste different and better depending on the glass that they are um, you know, poured into. Um, and we also that evening, starting at 7 on September 8th, we have a brand new Denver food and wine event called the Shake and Break Showdown. And it's a food truck and cocktail competition. So that's going to be at the Tivoli Quad on the Auraria campus. And we are going to have six amazing food trucks and 10 bartenders. And all, everyone who goes gets to vote for their favorite bite or drink. And that's going to be really fun. And we have amazing food trucks already set up. We have fucking Rapidos. Uh, bits and Pieces con Cerveza, the Ethiopian food truck, Blue Pan Pizza, Barbed Wire Reef, and Chili con Quesadilla, all confirmed for that party. And then the culmination of the entire festival is the Grand Tasting on Saturday, September 10th. It's from noon to four, again at the Tivoli Quad, um, and it is going to be incredible. We're going to have more than 50 Denver restaurants. We're going to be pouring more than 700 wines and spirits, all from the Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits uh, portfolio and we're going to have live music and we're going to have fun and games and it's going to be an amazing party that celebrates our dining scene and proceeds from every single event I just mentioned go to the Colorado Restaurant Foundation which is a 501c3 nonprofit that supports the Colorado restaurant community. Sounds like a great event, uh, Denise. Thank you for um, adding all those details. And <laughs> from what I recall, I think the very first Denver Food and Wine Classic was at Metro State maybe 20 years ago. It's really amazing to be back. Um, it's one of my favorite, um, you know, events and kind of tasting party locations in the whole city, actually. So we're thrilled to be there. And it's going to be really fun. We're going to be out on the grass having a good time, playing games, and, and tasting all the delicious things there are to eat in Denver. You know, Dean, uh, Denise, I'd like to call attention to the Riedel Glass Seminar. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people might have said, what the heck is that all about? You know, the right. Riedel Glass Company, they, they develop the psychology of developing different glass shapes for different varietals of wine. 
You know, their theory is if you put a Chardonnay into a Pinot Noir glass, it'll have a completely different flavor than if it was in a Chardonnay glass. And that's probably it's a really bit mind blowing. That's a bit, that's yeah. a bad comparison, but that's what this uh, seminar is all about. Also, I believe that the attendees get four different glasses to take with them when they're done. You took the words out of my mouth. That's right. So it's only an $85 um, ticket price for that seminar. I will also tell everyone it sells out every year. So you definitely want to get tickets quickly. Um, and you do. You get to take home your own set of Riedel glassware. I use mine all the time. And it really does make a difference. It's a really fun and informative um, seminar. Yeah. Again, $85. And all the tickets for all the events for Denver Food and Wine Festival are at Denver Food and Wine with the and spelled out. Denise, um, one more thing on that Riedel Glass Seminar. Unlike all these other food events where, you know, maybe we've got people out there trying to avoid the crowd, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The Riedel Glass Seminar is capped off because, you know, we're in one of our larger demonstration uh, uh, kitchen classrooms at Metro State. We only have, I think, 75 seats in there, maybe 80. So, you know, it's kind of an intimate setting when you get in there. It's wonderful. It is. It's 80 max. We're cutting it off there. And Shelly Sale is the sommelier who leads the class. She is so entertaining, and she will answer any question you have. And she is just a wealth of information, and it's a really fun experience. So, yeah, if you want to have fewer people around, you can do that. The Shake and Break Showdown is also going to be a smaller event. It's going to be part of the Tivoli Quad. So we're capping that at 500 people. Um, The Grand Tasting is, you know, again, that culmination of the festival. So that will be about 2,500 people, but again, outdoors, um, and we are doing our best to spread everything out as much as we can. Masks are, of course, appreciated if you want to wear one, um, and we are hoping by September that we can have a really safe and fun alfresco festival. Very good. Denise, is there a VIP option for that Denver Food and Wine Festival? Sure. Uh, not for the glass, wine glass seminar. That's just a straight ticket price. Um, but there are early bird pricing for all of the events are um, available right now through August 15th. So if you buy your tickets before August 15th, you can get early bird pricing um, across all ticket levels. And then August 16th through the actual event dates are regular prices. So for Grand Tasting, for instance, there's a VIP tent. We're going to have 10 really high-end restaurants in there, um, special reserve wines, um, special entertainment. And um, early bird prices for VIP are $150 for the grand tasting. And then regular price is $175. So you do get a nice little discount there. And Denise, just uh, as a little teaser to our listeners, VIP, we're talking the Broadmoor Hotel. We're talking uh, the the Brown Palace. We're talking the Ritz-Carlton. I mean, the big dogs show up for this one. So, you know. let me tell you, we have Barolo Grill, we have Bajota, we have the Bindery. We have Mizuna. We've got a really great lineup so far. It's coming together. We're not up to 10 yet, but we are going to have amazing food in that VIP tent. One of the things I just love about these events is the majority of the restaurants there are locally owned restaurants. And as a person who's been marketing food to these restaurants for 30 years my whole life, um, you know, it's hard to get local products in a national chain. They have their own supply chain, and they source product from one source, and it could be in the Midwest. And you go in with a local option. A lot of times the chef's not allowed to exercise the local option. But the locally owned restaurants, they're looking for Colorado products. They're looking for produce from Colorado. They're looking for beef, chicken, whatever the item is. And so this is just a great way to support local Colorado chefs and restaurants that are here 
uh, providing jobs in our backyard and, uh, and and struggling right now. I mean, the food costs right now for restaurants is crazy. I know it costs more to eat out than ever, oh. but people still need to go eat out because they're just suffering with their food costs and trying to even make a buck right now. So It is really impossible. You know, eggs are up over 200% over the last couple of years. It's, it's painful for restaurants right now. But I will also say that VIP Tent is being sponsored by U.S. Foods, who's actually going to help provide product and, and as much local product as they can for every restaurant that participates in our grand tasting and in the other events. So we have a lot of great partners and it's going to be delicious. So everyone, this is the denverfoodandwine.com and Anna spelled out. I will have these links at gregorybloom.com uh, after the show. So you can just go to gregorybloom.com and then check out this episode and you'll see the links for all the events that we've, we've talked about. So Uh, Denise, I'll have you back on another time to talk about some events for next year. So I really do appreciate you joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you at this event on September 6th through 10th at the Tivoli Quad. Oh, thank you so much for having us. And and I can't wait to see everyone at Denver Food Line. Great. Thanks so much. Hey, Chaps and Jackson, just a, a parting comment here. So we're talking about food events that are fun to go to in the Denver metro area this summer. And, you know, I think people may not have the money to get on an airplane and travel outside the country right now. It's Airfare is expensive. So this is like a great way to have a stay staycation state what's it called a staycation staycation a staycation that's right yeah and and support the local economy and try some really good food and you know there's a lot of new restaurants that people may not know about especially in rhino you go up to the rhino area that's the part of denver where there's like 15 cranes all the time right now it's like what's going on they're building condos they're building places for people to eat there too and there's like a new restaurant that opens up every week in rhino it's a great way to get out and see the new restaurants without having to go park at all these places there's a lot of them up there that's for sure you know, in closing, um, you know, we may have a lot of listeners that might be new to Colorado as well. Um, and we're talking about uh, events that we're seeing just in the Denver metro area. You know, but if you, know, if you wanted to take a drive, I think they have the, uh, the 4th of July barbecue bash up in Frisco. Right. There's a, there's a great food event. Um, you know, again, getting out into some of these local mountain communities, they all have their own local festivals, and it's a great way to see Colorado. Great. Thanks for joining us today, Chef Jackson. Look forward to seeing some of these events this summer. Okay, see you next time. Today's Food Chat Show is brought to you by RanchFreshMeats.com. Ranch Fresh Meats finds the best quality meat products in the marketplace, the majority of which come from families, farms, and ranches that we know personally. We've got air-chilled, slow-grown, antibiotic-free, vegetarian-fed chickens from the Pittman family, outstandingly delicious Wagyu from the Morgan family, and the best quality pork in the nation, I feel, from the Beeler family, which raises high-quality Duroc pork without gestation crates, GMO feed, nor antibiotics, nor growth promoters, just delicious slow-raised pork. Hey, we've got weekly specials at ranchfreshmeats.com. So go back there every week and look and see what we have on special. This month we have ground chicken and local ground beef, certified Angus beef ribeye steaks, Wagyu tri-tips, Beeler's hams, and more, all at ranchfreshmeats.com.